Welcome to the Sermon B-Side Podcast, a podcast of Liberty Church in the Harrisburg region of Central Pennsylvania. Sermon B-Side is designed to be a resource to answer your questions and to go deeper into the conversation started by each week's sermon. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another week on the Liberty B-Side Podcast. My name is Steve King, and alongside me is Matt Luloyan. Matt, Welcome to another week. Happy Monday. Ha- Happy Monday, Steve. It's the kind of Monday morning okay. that makes you want to. Okay. That makes you want to. Yeah. Woo, woo like Ric Flair. Okay. Yeah. I love just, it. Just you wake up, a lot of energy, crisp, cool morning. Crisp, cool morning. It was a beautiful day it was yesterday. A gorgeous Sunday afternoon, and uh, maybe rain coming. It's got to be getting these uh, false starts of yeah. spring. We've had false starts of winter. Your weekly forecast coming. <laughs> on this new segment, coming up with me, yeah. We've had a high demand for weather forecasts. We really have. It's yeah. been the one piece missing from the B-Side podcast. No doubt. So I really want to fill in that. It yeah. is a beautiful day yesterday um, after worship. Just the, Yeah, Sunday was a gorgeous day. Mm-hmm. And then beautiful day this morning. So hopefully a good week ahead. Yeah. And excited, too, for what that <clears throat> that means even like in our gatherings. Because we're it means we're close to Easter. Yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah even just good memories, even with people from our church family, of getting to celebrate Easter together. Uh, outdoors in the springtime weather. So just had a glimpse of that yesterday. We're excited about, we got a, a block party coming up on Saturday, um, to, to bless foster and adoptive families and biological families, um, uh, whose kids are in foster care right now on, um, on Saturday. Um, and then starting on Sunday, we have Palm Sunday and Holy Week, our Good Friday service, our Easter Sunday service. So just a, um, just excited anticipating the, the end of Lent and the beginning of the Easter season. That is worth. What'd you call it? A woo? A woo. Woo! A Ric Flair woo. woo. There it is. Woo. Yeah. Okay. That's worth it. That's great. Well, yeah. uh, yesterday we continued in the series of 1 John yeah. chapter 2 um, and verses 18 to 27. You preached for us yesterday. Give us the the summary, the 90 second summary of the message from yesterday. Yeah. So John <laughs> up to this point in the letter has been more uh, offering exhortations and encouragements. He's been calling people to things and he's been encouraging them. Uh, he shifts to a warning in this passage. Uh, and so we we looked at that in three parts. We talked about the danger, specifically looking at um, the idea of antichrist and antichrists, uh, false teachers who are drawing people away from Jesus and from the church. Uh, we talked about the doctrine and specifically what they were teaching, the, the denial of Jesus as the Christ uh, and what that would entail even what that looks like um, in in our present day and mm-hmm. in the years since this letter was written in the late first century. And then lastly, we talked about the defenses that we have. We're not left to ourselves. We have this warning. There is a real danger. Uh, it's really important that we that we know doctrine and spe- specifically the doctrine of Christ, you know, what, what the right beliefs are about Jesus. Uh, but we also have been given defenses in that pursuit <clears throat> too, specifically. One is the message that we've heard from the beginning which is the, the message of the gospel delivered from Jesus to the apostles, to us. Yep. Uh, and then also the anointing of the Holy One, the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that because we have the Spirit, who Jesus says is the Spirit of truth and leads us and guides us into all truth, uh, we actually can know the truth uh, because of those things. We're not left to ourselves to try to, um, to, to just to have to be tossed to and fro by every wind of, of teaching, as Paul writes in Ephesians. We actually have, because of the message, and the spirit, uh, we, we can know and we do know truth. Yeah. Uh, I thought you did a good job earlier. Or it was helpful. Um, of course, I think you did a good job. But it was helpful um, to kind of parse out the Antichrist mm. and, and like um, 
maybe the spirit of the Antichrist, right? Yeah. The, 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 it's the, it's so the person and a principle. Yes, thank you. Person and principle. I thought that was helpful mm. to kind of just like frame the mindset <laughs> there. What was missing was just, I mean, who is the Antichrist, Matt? I thought we'd come out, I thought there'd be a top five countdown. My book is coming out next okay. year. All right. How to interpret the signs of the times. Right. Okay. And I'll name at least three people that are the, that are the Antichrist. At least three. At least three. Okay, you, you can pick one. It's like yeah. a choose-your-own-adventure kind really of what prophecy it is. novel. No shortage of um, guesses throughout oh, church history sure. of yep. who the Antichrist is. And I do think it's – I think it's so why I think it's helpful is there's the person, it's the agent of Satan yep. um, that we hear in Scripture, read in Scripture, is coming. Yep. Um, and that's where the debates can rage, right? Mm-hmm. Has that person mm-hmm. come? Has that person already led humanity astray? Now we're living in the wake of that. Right. Is that person alive now? Is that person yet to come? Mm-hmm. Where is that that person, that agent? Um, but I think it's helpful for us to recognize the spirit of the Antichrist, the principle, yep. is one that we probably should be more on the lookout for. Like, Absolutely. We're, we're, in my mind, at least, uh, I can go like, oh, we want to always find the person. And then there's yep. the scapegoat. There's the one person. Stay away from the Antichrist. It's like, actually, yeah. um, the spirit of this age is creating antichrists and this the, the principle of antichrist leading us away yeah. probably more so than we realize. Absolutely. Yeah. And and there's many of and there's them. many. That's what John says in his That's letter, right. right? It's the last hour. It's this it's this <clears throat> it's this last day period in between Jesus ascending to heaven, sending the Holy Spirit, and then his return. And so in the last days, many antichrists have come. That's yeah. that's um as much as the marker of the last hour is that the next thing in God's redemptive history is that Jesus comes again. That's yeah. that's what defines the last hour, the last days. Part of what characterizes the last days is also that in the last days is when is when antichrists come. It's yeah. when people are trying to um, to deceive and turn people away uh, from Jesus. And this even even there's a lot of parallels there, which you read John writes about in Revelation that Satan is a defeated foe and he rages like a defeated foe. So he yeah. makes war on the church. He makes war. There's, there's a lot of imagery in Revelation 12 in particular that Satan is making war on the people of God. Um, but he's, but he's, he's ultimately unable to conquer them and defeat them. The, yeah. the church, the church endures, the church wins yeah. because Jesus wins. <clears throat> um, but in the meantime, as a defeated foe who knows he is defeated, uh, Satan and using these agents of antichrists, false teachers, other people doing his bidding, um, he is raging against the church and trying to deceive people. Yeah, yeah. I thought so. I thought that was a helpful kind of framing of uh, of the danger, right? Mm-hmm. In, in the message yeah. yesterday, we received yeah. a question. Great. Um, so let me paraphrase it. The question came. In, let me paraphrase the question. Yeah. The question maybe into, into two parts here. And so, could you talk about? The mechanics of how we're saved. Maybe thinking mm. about like the anointing that we receive from the Spirit, the message yeah. that we've heard. Yeah. These are our defenses. So can you talk about the mechanics of how we're saved? What is the Holy Spirit's role? Um, anointing us after belief versus calling and regenerating us so that we can believe? Yeah. Maybe I'll start there. So that's kind of the first question. Like the mechanics of how we're saved, the anointing and the message coming together, leading us into belief or coming after belief? Yeah, that's really good. So the mechanics of how we're saved is a great question that, that has been delved into in a lot of depth over the course of, of Christian history and the history of the church. Um, maybe one place to just point people to unpack further would be in Romans chapter 8, uh, verse 30. Paul writes, those whom he predestined, he also called. Those whom he called, he also justified. Those whom he justified, he also glorified. Mm-hmm. And you get at least a sense of, of the order, the progression of salvation from Paul's words there, that there is a predestination, <clears throat> there's an election by God, 
There's an effectual calling. He calls them to himself. Um, those whom he calls, he justifies. He, he declares righteous. That's, of course, through the work of Christ on the cross and the imputation of his righteousness to us. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike said this yesterday leading into communion when he led us in communion at the 1030 service. Uh, uh, it's from it's from Second Corinthians 5. Uh, he made him who was, who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This great yep. exchange that's the justification part Paul's talking about there. And then those whom he justified, he also glorified. He brought all the way through to completion. Mm-hmm. And so in that sense, you have <clears throat> the mechanics of how we're saved. Uh, it starts with uh, a planning of salvation and a predestination or election by God. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how it starts. There's, an, there's a, an accomplishment of salvation, which happens through the work of Jesus. That happens through his, his life and his death and his resurrection. Um, where it bear, where it ties in a lot with what yesterday's text was about in first John two is what we would call the application of salvation, which is how the Holy spirit takes that work of Jesus and makes it count on our behalf, uh, and applies it to us. And the way that that happens is by this idea of calling. Um, we are drawn to, uh, put our faith in Jesus. Uh, it comes through something we call regeneration, which is, uh, this imagery, especially from Ezekiel that, we have hard hearts of stone left to ourselves, and we have to have those hard hearts of stone uh, ripped out from us, removed from us, and a mm-hmm. soft heart of flesh put in us. And so maybe to this person's question a little bit more on point, um, we need the Holy Spirit to do work in us before we ever have our own conscious belief. Mm-hmm. Like even, um, and John actually gets to this, and we'll get to it in a couple of weeks in First John 4, we love because he first loved us. That's right. That there's not even a way for us to have affection or faith uh, toward God in God, um, without him first showing that toward us. And so this application by the Holy spirit of calling us and regenerating us, um, that is that initial work that, that the spirit has to do that we even could have faith in the first place. Now there's a little bit of a mystery then in this of like, it seems to then say in scripture that it's, it's when we then believe in Jesus, when we come to faith, Mm -hmm. that's when we actually are indwelt by the spirit. So it's like the, the spirit both has to work before we have faith, you know, sure. so that we can have faith and the spirit on the other side of our faith then comes and indwells us and empowers us mm-hmm. uh, and seals us with this, you know, like what Paul writes in Romans eight, all the way through to glorification. We become kept by God sealed um, with the spirit. The spirit is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until that day. It's a guarantee that we actually are in Christ and we will remain with Christ. Um, so, how do the mechanics of that work exactly? Man, um, a little bit above my pay grade, maybe okay, any of yeah. our pay grades. Yep. But like what we would affirm is that the spirit has to do work in us before we even consciously can come to faith on our own. Right. And also on the other side of our faith, the spirit indwells us and seals us. And that's the anointing of the Holy One. Yep. Seemingly. That's that's what uh, John is writing about in this text, that you've been anointed by the Holy One. Um that's on the other side of you expressing your your yeah. faith in Jesus and His work. Yeah, does that make sense? That's that does like, make sense. That's yeah. maybe maybe at least a little bit of clarity. Yeah, or I completely muddied the clear waters for everybody. Yeah, there. and and so. and a question and a and kind of a topic, kind of a, an understanding of the faith that has been wrestled with for thousands of years. For right? sure. This is, you know, and, and so the mecha- the mechanics of the of salvation of regeneration that is worth studying and continuing to be studied. Yep. Because um, it, 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 you can plumb the depths in there. Yep. For a long time. So if that's above your pay grade, sure. Let me get really above your pay grade with the <laughs> awesome. next with kind of the, the kind of the offshoot of this person's question. Then, right. So how are we to think about people 
who depart from the faith. Yeah. Right. Did the spirit anoint them or reveal truth to them? Right. This is maybe kind of related to like perseverance of the saints. Yeah. Right. Reformed theology. Like did, did the spirit actually regenerate that person? Um, and they receive an anointing, but then when they walk away, does that show that they didn't receive an anointing? How do we, how do we understand that? We think about false teachers and those who depart from the faith. Yeah. And maybe not false teachers as much. Like a yeah. separate category. Like sure, those who depart from the faith. Someone would say, "Hey, that person." Yeah. You know, you had challenged us yesterday. Put your faith in truth. Follow yeah. truth and not a person. Yeah. And so we can all probably think about people in our lives that at one point we'd go, man, that person, if they told me something about the faith, I would believe them. Right. I had no reason to And doubt. now I look and go like, wait a second. Like in light of other things they've said or done their, their life now, I don't know if they actually have the truth yeah. in them. So how, what do we think about those people? Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's, it's incredibly com- complicated. I don't have great answers for that, even with people in my own life that I would, that are not walking with Jesus right now, that one, once upon a time had every indication that they were, yeah. had fruit that looked like it was, look, you know, it took, it looked like that they were bearing fruit in keeping with, you know, a genuine confession of faith. And so, um, so I don't know how to parse that out other than the marker of a genuine Christian is that they persevere to the end. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. that is because they are kept by God. Um, that is the, the perseverance of the saints, as it's sometimes called, um, is ultimately more of a preservation of the saints by God that, you know, John 10, that Jesus doesn't lose anyone out of his hand whom the father has given to him. You know, yep. we, we, we persevere because God and Christ preserves us. Um, now how it's possible that some people have what appear on in every measure to be genuine expressions of faith, um, but then walk away later in their life. Um, I think is an indicator that that there was not actual regeneration that happened. Yeah. That they, they they weren't actually given a new heart by the Spirit. Now, why? I have no idea on why, and I won't even speculate. I don't know that it's helpful to speculate. Um, it's confusing because you're like, well, their life in so many ways lined up and looked like it's supposed to. Yeah, and they proclaimed things that were true. Yeah, there are there is a category for that, and Jesus gives it to us uh, in Matthew chapter seven in the Sermon on the Mount, where he says, and it's a really hard passage. Um, that on that last day, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, yeah. uh, that, that he doesn't know them. He said, like, I don't, I never knew you and depart from me. And it's like, so there are people, and this is Jesus' grid too, not not just what we learn from John or Paul or the, the apostles later, but from Jesus himself. There's a grid of people who make what appear to be genuine professions yeah. and and are are not genuinely saved, are not yeah. genuinely Christians. Couple thoughts on that. One, um, the speculation of who is genuine and who is not is completely unhelpful. You should take people at their word and we should in care and love for each other in discipleship, um, try to help people learn the doctrine of Christ, confess Christ, walk their whole life in faithfulness to Christ, iron sharpening iron, addressing sin in gracious and loving ways, being open to that. Like we should be doing, that's, that's how we should take nothing for granted. We shouldn't be looking around kind of going like, um, Okay, look to your right, look to your left. One of you is not genuinely saved, and now let's try to figure out who it is. Like sure. if we live our okay. lives that way, um, with that kind of skepticism and that kind of cynicism, I think that really impacts our our depth of love and relationship for each mm. other. So I would say, don't don't do that. Yep. Um, it's even the idea Jesus mentions about the wheat and the tares grow together <laughs> until the end, until sure. the harvest of when yep. the day he comes again in the kingdom of God. That's when they're separated. There just is not a way that we will know those things in this life until either people leave us and walk away from Jesus in their life 
And then we know, and even then that's not the end of their story. Cause some people come back and we pray they do. Um, we just, we just can't know until the end of the age. Second, other kind of major kind of takeaway from this, um, the doctrine of the perseverance of the saints and God's preservation. It's, it is meant to be a gift for weak, for our, for us in our weakness. Mm. Um, and so if you, if you hear me say like these verses, like Matthew seven, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, like if, if you, if you immediately kind of go to like, Oh wow, am I a genuine Christian? Mm. Am I someone who's going to walk away later in life? What I would say to you is the fact that you care about that is an indication that the spirit of God is powerfully at work in your heart. That you have a sensitivity and a concern to try to stay faithful and not walk away and that you're concerned about that. I would say cling to this idea that even as you wrestle through your doubts, even as you wrestle through habitual sin, mm-hmm. as you continue this process of repenting and believing, uh, being transformed one degree of glory to another, cling to the fact that God keeps his people, that God preserves yeah. his people. Um, that's the perseverance of the saints. And, and that's, and your sensitivity to wanting to make it, <laughs> you know, like Paul, you know, that, that by any means possible, I might make it to the end of, of that. I might finish the race yep. you know, he talks about so that I might finish the race. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> like if you have that heart and disposition in you have confidence that that's the work of the spirit in you. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of people that have sensitive conscience, a sensitive conscience that hear this idea and, and see people walk away and, and are plagued by the like, okay, well, it's just a matter of time before I walk away too. Mm, sure. And I would say, no, like God keeps his people cling to that in confidence and that there is the work of the spirit in you to even have a sensitivity to yeah. you. Yeah. 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 Well that's my, I went from my <clears throat> theologian hat to my pastoral hat pretty quick. Yeah, that's no, good. And yeah. in part because I also can only hang in the, 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 theolo- the <laughs> theological scholar realm for a right. little while on this question before my mind gets. Yeah. And it's helpful though, to bring it down to the ground yeah. and make it, make it practical and functional for our community. Yeah. Right. And that's, yeah. and that's what it needs to be even, even for us as Christians, I think we do need to, we need to live our faith out. Um, we can't just get stuck. It's really good. Like when we think about the defenses yeah. or even when you said yesterday, the doctrine that um, those who depart are, are starting to teach. Yeah. Right. They're starting to teach the, they're, they're chasing the novelty. Yeah. Right. And so, okay, wait, the doctrine that we should believe is the, the stuff that's not novel. Go back yeah. to the word, what's revealed in the scripture. Um, and then the defense, the message we've heard, the anointing of the spirit, yep. we should really get into what we believe and why we believe it. But then we also need to functionally live that out. Yep. Right. So that's, that's really important. That's exactly it. That's right. Um, so I was, I was prompted to, to ask another question. Yeah. So that, those are the end of our questions. But I have a question. Yeah. Um, so we were in Philippians. When were we in Philippians? Last fall? Um, that was a spring series. Was it spring? Maybe. Okay. Was it last year or two? I think it was last year. It was, it was last, last year. year right? Yeah, last spring. Some point a year last year. ago. Okay. Uh-huh. All right, yep. a year ago. Um, and so there's this passage in Philippians 1 where Paul's writing, um, it's true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry yep. and others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing right here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. So mm-hmm. let's, 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 um, sort of looking for, let's kind of bring some clarity yeah. to how we can understand that scripture, yeah. but not be content with false teachers or those that depart from the faith. Yeah. So those that do start to preach novelty mm-hmm. or bring novelty, people that we go, yeah, a couple of years ago, that person, as far as we knew, 
they were in line with what we believe is what Scripture preaches. And now, yeah. all of a sudden, they're just doing some wonky things. We got a lot of wonky things in culture right now. Yeah. A lot of things that are just, like, dividing the church. We see we see denominations splitting. For sure. More and more. For sure. Right? All over the world. Um, well, wait a second. How can we both celebrate the good things of what Christ is being preached? Yeah. But also hold people accountable by not following them when they're yeah. departing from the faith. Yeah. That's exactly right. There's, and there's, where anywhere that the Bible is opened and read out loud, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. I think people can experience genuine salvation and conversion when they hear the good news of Jesus, whether it comes from the mouth of someone that is a genuine Christian or someone that is a false teacher. Yeah. And there is overlap in some of these things. Like false teachers, even when they teach the wrong things about the person and work of Jesus, they don't teach everything wrong about the personal work of Jesus. They do teach some some true things. And so you have you, people who uh, came to faith uh, or at least started to, to, to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus in even like other religions. And they started, but they, and, that, and that kind of prompted this continual question. And they maybe didn't uh, line up and have all of their, their doctrinal boxes checked about believing all of the right things when mm-hmm. something was already happening in them that was inclining them to want to know and follow and be hungry for the things of God and, and grow in it. So I think that's a, an aspect of it. I think what Paul's referring to in Philippians is, um, and, and it'd be hard maybe to discern if the people preaching from envy and rivalry are genuine Christians or sure. false Christians. Yep. Right. It's like, is that a situation where some people are genuine Christians, but still battling their own sinful patterns like envy and rivalry, like arrogance, things that pastors and preachers battle. Yep. <laughs> they want to be the ones that, that get to have credit for the, the effective ministry that comes out of, of their, of their work. You know, they want to be like, Hey, the, this many people came to faith through my preaching or this right. many people, whatever. Um, is that someone who's a genuine Christian that's battling sin or is that a false teacher? So it's maybe not a one for one Philippians to, to first John two Very true. Yep. overlap. I would say, um, and this is, this is a difficult part of even like Jesus when he's with his disciples, <clears throat> uh, on one instance, they see someone else, uh, they see another person teaching and proclaiming things about the kingdom of God. And they're not part of like the official crew of followers of Jesus. Yeah. And he says, Hey, you know what though? Jesus says to his disciples, if they're not against you, they're for you. <laughs> uh, they're with you. So let them, let them go. Um, in another instance, which is a different context, he says, you know, if they're not for anyone who's not for you is against you. And so there's yeah. a discernment piece of saying, yeah. um, is there enough here that, that someone is, is proclaiming truth that can be, that can lead someone to a, to a genuine faith in Christ right. that says like, okay, they're not against me. So they're for me and they're doing enough that's benefiting the kingdom of God and proclaiming things. I'm going to let them, let them continue to go. Yeah. And I would say there's a lot like denominationally, um, that like we should, we should let run in that, in that regard. Like sure. we shouldn't nitpick other certain things within that. There are, there are then different religions, uh, and false teachers and things that are, that are proclaiming things maybe about Jesus that are completely wrong where we'd say, okay, they're not for us. They're against us. Right. And we would need to say what they're teaching is actually a lie. Right. Um, is that getting at what it you're does, yeah. is? No, okay. I think that's helpful. I think that's um it's I think it's good for us to even relate to what you said yesterday, follow truth and not a person. Yeah. That we should be willing to actually uh listen, hear what other people are saying and take yep. take and affirm the good things they're saying. If we if we can think about people that yep. um 
maybe we'd categorize as departing from the faith. Yeah. Um, there's still some good things they're going to say. For sure. Um, and so we should, we should affirm those good things and be also really, um, you know, uh, wise and quick yep. uh, to refute the things that they say are not true. Yep. Um, and to do so out of love. Yep. And to do so, like, to do so out of love, but also to do so out of, like, critique with a, yeah. like a serious lens that yep. goes, that is wrong. Yep. Um, we're calling you back to believe the truth. Yep. Um, and we can affirm. So it's like, we're not going to write off everything about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. We are probably concerned for your soul. Yep. Right? Because it's going to be an all or nothing at, yep. the, at the end. Yep. Right? Um, but so I think we should do that and then recognize even as we do that, we're following truth and not a person. That's right. Um, yeah. Because I do think we we are also, and maybe, ah, is this true about our age? Um, with access to influencers and personalities maybe it's also just the way our minds work sometimes and be some of us some of us that you want to just put people into categories very quickly yep like everything they said they said something good therefore i'm always going to follow everything they say yep and we just give influencers that belief yep um and not even i'm just talking about social media influence i mean just people yeah. in our lives that we yeah. just like ascribe complete following to yeah and we need to not do that yeah um yep. we need to love completely but not follow completely yeah based on just what everyone says. So. That's that's really that's really good. And you have it works in a couple different directions. You have people that speak a lot of truth but that don't speak truth about Jesus. Right. That don't believe truth about Jesus. That's like you can still learn a ton from them that's true. Like a like a Jordan Peterson comes to mind, right? Sure. Like, okay, yeah. But like and we have folks in our church that love Jordan Peterson and rightfully so. He says a lot of true things, but he doesn't say true things about Jesus. He doesn't believe that yet. And so so that has to kind of be in our grid and go like okay, I still have to have discernment all the time of like, is what he's saying lining yeah. up with the true story of the world and, and lining up with the truth about Jesus and what Jesus has revealed? Because it, it's going to not line up 100%, even mm-hmm. as many other things might line up. <clears throat> yeah. Um, on the other side of that, maybe a couple people that, that um, people in our congregation might have been influenced by over the years. You have um, people that were once very prominent public platform teaching ministry type type Christians who no longer identify as Christians at all yeah, anymore. Like you right. think of um, Rob Bell and I think of Joshua Harris. Sure. So two, two, two examples, different, yeah. different tribes a little bit, but some overlap and very influential in their day in different ways. Joshua Harris, the sovereign grace movement, Rob Bell in kind of the maybe broader reformed ish kind of movement. Numa videos were big, like yep. in the like yep. late nineties, early two thousands. Um, neither of them identify as Christians anymore. Um, and, if you were if you were committed more to their teaching than to truth, um, that wouldn't maybe maybe now that would be <clears> obvious because now they're not identifying as Christians. But there yeah. were markers along the way that yeah. started that departure, where people that were really tuned into the truth should be like, "Hang on a second, maybe this is maybe this is actually not faithful anymore." Right? Um, it was faithful at one point teaching, and now it's not. Right? Where does that start? Do you start to perceive that difference? And then as that difference continues to widen, do you eventually go, I actually can't follow this anymore? Right. Um, it's not just like one comment or two. It's like, this actually seems to be a trajectory. Sure. That now yeah. I actually need to, right. to, to not follow this teacher anymore. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's a progression there probably of maybe at the end of the progression is I'm not going to follow them anymore. Mm-hmm. The, the first maybe part of the progression is I'm actually going to start bringing more of a, a lens of a lens of discernment rather than just like, like I think Matt, most of us, we walk into a, a into a service on a Sunday morning here. Mm-hmm. Our, our, um, 
our grid or the, like our defense is not really high. Sure. We're expecting to hear the truth. Sure. Because we preach the truth week in, week out. Surely we have people in our community that like would hear something, that might ask a question or yeah, like, absolutely. like we come in assuming to hear the truth. Yeah. And there are sometimes when in a progression, when your first step of progression is don't assume to hear the truth. Yeah. Actually you have to be, you have to be really uh, discerning yep. immediately if you're hearing truth or not. Yeah. Um, so that's just a helpful lens for us to adopt. Should we like do like, should we hide some heresies in different sermons in the future and see if people spot them like a little Easter egg hunt? Um, we could. <laughs> I mean, it is Easter season, Easter eggs. And right there, I mean, that's a heresy right there. Where are you finding one? People are going to be so mad about this. The, the message that we're going to get, Easter eggs, should we be doing Easter egg hunts? Uh-huh. uh-huh. Okay. Um, yeah, we could put Easter egg. We put heresies on little pieces of paper. Yeah. Stick them under chairs and Easter eggs. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was thinking like, you know. Actually, just put it in the in the sermon. Drop some drop some like, some like lies into sermons and see if people That's just see if people are listening. Let's just do that. <laughs> If you were listening, right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Stay on the edge of your seat, friends. Right. One of these weeks coming up. I'm All right. You heard it yeah. here first. Matt is going to start seeing if we're listening, and you can call him out. So, uh-huh. okay. Yeah. Perfect. Um, thanks, Matt. Great preaching yesterday. Thanks, looking man. forward to the continuing the sermon series upcoming weeks. Easter is only two weeks away. Looking yeah. forward to that as well. Um, so, hey, everyone, thanks for joining us on the B-Side podcast today. As we're um, moving forward in the series, continue to ask questions as they come up. Yeah. Send questions in always by Monday morning, uh, so we have in time for recording. And uh, as you're looking forward to Easter service, we mentioned this yesterday in the in the uh, announcements um, and even prayers of the people. Be on the lookout for people that you'd be willing to invite to Easter service uh, on, on Sunday, right? Uh, two yeah. weeks from now. So um, it's oftentimes a maybe a time of the year where people who are not sure if they believe or not, or just maybe nominal, they're, they're not really committed Christians, not faithfully attending a church. Yep. They just might be more willing to come to a service because they're the spirit is prompting them uh, to just go worship on a Sunday. Yeah, it's like a family tradition. Yeah, family a, tradition, yep, right? Yep. So uh, maybe even look culturally more acceptable too. For so, sure. Uh, be on the lookout for people to invite in the next couple of weeks uh, to Sunday service. And we will see you again next week. Yeah. Thanks everyone Take for care, everybody. Bye, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Sermon B-Side podcast. For more resources, information about our church, visit www.LibertyHarrisburg.org. That's Liberty with an I, Harrisburg.org.